0: I'm so glad that you're here um, this morning. I, I want to preface, I, I guess I have a couple disclaimers on today's message. <laughs> Isn't that great? Don't you love it when pastors start out that way? Like, oh, great, what is he going to say this morning? Uh, the first one is this, um, I, I really try to be sensitive to this as we talk about different topics, but there are some times where we may kind of bleed into areas that are appropriate for uh, kids 13 and older. And uh, today is one of those times where we will mildly, all right, mildly, uh, possibly, maybe, as God's Holy Spirit leads, uh, get into some of those areas. And so uh, I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. And if you feel led, if you have someone who's under 13, parents, it's up to you. But we have a fantastic kids program in the back, don't we, church? We have an amazing, amazing kids program. Absolutely. And back through those doors, and you can take uh, your kids back there and check in during my prayer if you feel so led. If not, and something bothers you about what's said today, don't send me an email, okay? All right, that's what I'm trying to get at here today, all right? All right, this is all about me today, okay, which is the whole opposite of our topic, so I've just violated the whole thing. Hey, let's go to God in prayer and ask for his Holy Spirit to lead us this morning. Father God, we do thank you, and we give you praise, and we give you glory, and we give you honor. Because you are so great as we've just sung God, we thank you so much for your greatness And it's because of your greatness God, that we dive into a topic like we're going to talk about today And God, we're not going to get nitty gritty But God, there may be some confession that needs to take place On the part of those who walked in here today who are Christ followers God, I know there is in my heart and God, there may be sin in this room today, and that displeases you. And God, I pray that you would search us, that you would seek us out. God, that we would be serious about investigating our lives. And God, that we wouldn't take ourselves seriously, but that we would take our journey with you seriously, that we would take our walk with you seriously. And God, it's because of that greatness. That it is our desire as your people to live lives, God, that aren't, isn't about behavior, but God, lives that are pleasing to you. And Father, today as we investigate the pedestal of pleasure, I pray that you would lead and guide, that you would lead us into wisdom, into truth, and understanding of what you have for us. Today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We're in this series called Pedestal. We're on our second week of our pedestal item, that thing that removes God from the most important place in our lives. And we began several weeks ago, three weeks ago, describing this idea that you and I have a place in our lives. Uh, It's a place that we uh, work with with our head, and we work with with our heart, and we work with with our hands in which we place something that is the most important part of our lives. It might come out in what our passion is. It might come out in what our hobbies are. It might come out in what we do as a vocation, as an occupation. But somewhere in all of our lives, we have a place where we put something up upon that is the most important thing in our lives. And we're calling it the pedestal. We're calling it the pedestal, the pedestal of our lives. And each one of us, whether we're Christ followers or God followers or skeptics or searchers or like sold out Christ followers, we all have a place in our lives that we put what is the most important thing in our lives. And this whole series was built around the idea that we often will take something else And we will knock God off of that pedestal in our lives and place something else there. And in doing so, what we do is is with our lives, we disappoint him, whether we realize it or not. And it's so easy for you and I to slip into a place where we take God off the pedestal of our lives. And I want to let you know today, and you're going to see in the notes, that this is what we're designed for. This is God's intent. This is God's best for your life and for my life, and it doesn't matter where you are in your spiritual journey, this is his intent for us, and so throughout this series, uh, we're taking a look at, at, at five different things that are common to, to, I believe, most humans that we put on this pedestal, and in doing so, we take Jesus off the pedestal of our lives. And so this whole series really centers around like what we idolize, what we worship, what we prop up. In fact, that word pedestal literally means that. It means to idolize or to prop up or to stand up. And uh, back in the days um, when people actually worshiped other gods and sacrificed to other gods, they would use something like this as a pedestal to, to make sacrifice to those gods. And so we do that, but we do it in subtle ways. We don't do it like they did in the days of old, you know, with knives and, and swords and, and blood and everything. We do it very subtly, but we do it in a way we allow other things to take the place of God in our lives very subtly, but it be, can become something that absolutely overwhelms us and stunts our spiritual lives. Today, Last week, we talked about money, and and I want to let you know, some of you have taken the dollar. If you were in church last week, you received a dollar, if you can believe that. Uh, Some of you probably are like, that's never happened ever in the life of my church going where I actually received money. And some of you have taken that dollar, and you've done amazing things with it. I'm loving the stories, and I want to encourage you to go to our website, hiltonheadislandcc.org slash pedestal, and let me know about those stories, because I want to share them, because some of them are really amazing, and uh, if you'll allow me to, I'll share them. I have a few that are anonymous, and that's fine, too, but let me know uh, what you do with a dollar. Last week, we talked about putting money on the pedestal of our lives. Today, we come to the incredibly uncomfortable topic of putting pleasure on the pedestal of our lives rather than God, and this message is hard for a lot of different reasons. Number one is, is look at the day that we have today. It's amazing, isn't it? Look at the place where those of you who live on Hilton Head or in the Lowcountry, look at the place that we have to enjoy. Look at the things that we get to do. I mean, this is not an easy topic for me as your pastor to talk about just from that standpoint. But it's a topic that we have to talk about because anything that goes on this pedestal of our lives, rather than him, will stunt our spiritual growth. And it could put us in a place where we will spiral into despair. And so I want to define uh, pleasure this morning. I want to define it based on what Webster says, and I want to define it myself. Pleasure is this. This is the actual definition. Enjoyment or satisfaction derived from what is to one's liking, gratification, or delight. That's the definition that we have in our English language of pleasure I would say this for the purpose of this series and for the purpose today, that pleasure is gratification with pleasing ourselves and thus putting the source of our pleasure before God. It's the pleasing of ourselves with anything that we put on this pedestal other than God. It's self-gratification. It is something that we do only for our Selves. It is something that pleases ourselves. And the source of that pleasure can be any number of things, some of which I'm going to list real quick, and then we're going to dive into the notes. Some of these things are good. Some of these things God created for our pleasure. But we take them and we ruin them because we make them more important than God. Things like sex Things like His creation, things like vacation, (laughs) when we strive for it more than anything else in our lives. Things like our homes, things like the stuff that we buy for our homes, things like cars, things like alcohol and food and our social life. And I think I already mentioned it, but God's creation and things like hobbies. Things that bring us pleasure before God is what we are talking about today. And I want to give you this caveat and then a few other disclaimers before we dive in. What we are talking about today may or may not be sinful. And we'll talk about that word in a moment. But it may be something that we put in such high regard other than God that it will lead us to a place where we sin, where we disappoint God with what we do and the choices that we make Several disclaimers here this morning, and it's a relatively short message. In fact, someone suggested this morning that I get up and spend two minutes and say, love God, hate sin, let's go to lunch. <laughs> Would you guys like that? That'd be awesome. Let's be honest, it's church, okay? I, I'd like that, okay? That'd be fun. But um, the, the message needs a little bit more than that. A, a couple disclaimers. Um, first of all, this message, this message has a tendency for um, us to sit there and do this all through the message, like, hey, he's talking to you, you know? I mean, we don't say that, but, you know, we kind of do that thing. You know what I'm talking about, ladies? I mean, guys, ladies, everybody, like that right there. (laughs) That one got me in trouble, I think. Uh, This, the first disclaimer is this. This message is for me. This message is for you. And so I want to tell you this morning to avoid the um, temptation to say in your minds or in your hearts that, So-and-so needs to hear this. Um, I need to hear this. You need to hear this. Okay? Avoid the temptation to fill in the blank like, so-and-so's got to hear this. This is for us here today. This is individual, you and God. Are you with me? This is us and God this morning. Disclaimer number two is this. A message like this is extraordinarily dangerous because it can lead to two um, hyper uh, views uh, of of things, and and we can use God's word for what we think is right. And and the the, the two hyper views on this um, are legalism on one side of things and license on the other. Some of you may hear, because of your background or personality or wiring, like in your God view, you may hear me talk today, and, and you may say, um, "Wow, okay. What he is saying is, is that we should not have pleasure at all. We should not enjoy things, and and the tendency for folks that think that is to use that as a weapon upon someone else. Does that? I hope that makes sense." It's this whole idea of being legalistic, like taking what I'm saying and going so far and saying we should never find pleasure in life. (laughs) That's a wrong interpretation of what God's word says and what I'm saying here this morning. The other extreme, the other hyper view on this would be some of you may hear this. You may hear, okay, if I just kind of, I have this turned wrong. Okay, there we go. If I just kind of like do some things with God and like love Him a little bit and put some emphasis to them towards Him, then I can just enjoy whatever I want without any rules or without any consequences. And that's called a license to sin. And you can see that like this is a dangerous message because you end up on one extreme or the other if you don't take God's word for what it is, and that is is focusing us on Him. First, rather than other things. So avoid the temptation to use today's message as a license to sin or a license to pursue legalism or pursue it for someone else. I hope that makes sense. Like, what I don't want is for someone to say, Well, Todd said that if I just pursue God, then I can enjoy this thing that's sinful and harmful to other people, and you have license to sin, or you take it to the other extreme and you beat someone up with a self-judgmental kind of attitude. What we're trying to find, and the Christian life isn't always like this, but we're trying to find the, the medium in pursuing God first, okay? So that's the, that's the second disclaimer. The last one is this. This message is for each of us, but I got to tell you, this message is for Todd Cullen as well. As your pastor, I struggle with this. And I'm just going to admit that I'm human and I like to pursue pleasure. I am human, and I like to pursue pleasure. I like to do things that make me happy, just like you and me. And so this message isn't me up here on a stage, on a pedestal, we'll talk about that next week, preaching down to you, we are in this together. So those are my three disclaimers. You can take your notes this morning, you received them when you came in, and you can open them up. If you have our app, you can follow along online. I wanna dive right into this. What is the danger with pleasure? What is the danger with pleasure? Last week we talked about what is the tension with money. This week is what is the danger with pleasure, and I think we need to discuss this. and And I'm going to leave the, uh, you know, I'm going to leave these these kind of things up to God's Holy Spirit to talk to you about. But what is the danger with pleasure? I, I believe that it's a a fourfold kind of uh, lack of understanding or misunderstanding about pleasure, and I want to begin with what, what we're going to continue with the whole thing with what God's word says, but I want to begin with what we kind of assume to be true, but we're not really sure. And by the way, pleasure today is represented by this nice juicy apple. All right. That awesome. There are a lot of other things I considered. This was a safe one. Okay. All right. So it's, (laughs) it's when we put other things on the pedestal and not God off. What is the danger with pleasure? First and foremost, it's this. We need to understand, first and foremost, that you and I were created for pleasure. We were created for pleasure. We were created with a desire for pleasure. Hebrews talks about this. Psalms talks about it all over the place. Hebrews says this. The writer of Hebrews says this in verses, uh, chapter 11, verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that God, what is that next word? Rewards him. Rewards those who seek him. The fact that God rewards those who seek him intrinsically um, wired into that principle is the idea that um, we were created uh, as humans with a desire for pleasure that's how god made us the, the question becomes where do we find our pleasure psalms 37 verse 4 david says delight that's pleasure right am i right the word delight delight yourself in the lord and he will give you the desires of your heart listen you and i were created to pursue pleasure That's part of the wiring and how God made us. It's how God made us. And if we if we don't realize that first and foremost, then I think we'll have a, a misguided understanding of what God's word says about pursuing pleasure. So we were created first and foremost, we were created first and foremost with a desire for pleasure. Secondly, we were created to pursue God. God wired us with a desire for pleasure, but God also wired us to pursue Him, and in doing so, we fill that desire for pleasure. Matthew six thirty three. We kind of used this as the launch pad uh, verse a few weeks ago as we talked about this. Jesus says, "Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness." And all these things will be added unto you. Some of your um, translations say, and then all these things will be added unto you. And it's the and then that we have trouble with. And it's the and then that causes us to put something else on the pedestal other than God that pleases us. Seek first his kingdom. We were made and created to pursue him, whether we realize that or not. And thirdly, we reveal what we treasure with where we find our pleasure. We reveal what we treasure with where we find our pleasure. You see, when we discover what it is that pleases us the most, we uncover, we unwrap, we peel back the layers on what is deep down inside of our hearts, what is that thing that is most passionate to us, that thing that makes us tick. When we peel that back, that's when we find what we treasure most Matthew 6, just a few verses before that, Jesus says, For wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Listen, uh, Christ follower, especially for you today, this is not a head issue. This is a heart issue. Th- this is not an a intellectual issue. This, this is a heart issue. This is a where is our passion? Where does our passion lie? And when we begin to uncover our desires, then we uncover that thing that we treasure the most in life. It's our pedestal. Fourthly, and lastly, we fall into sin when the pursuit of pleasure becomes our aim. Titus 3.3 says this, "'For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, "'led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. You see, here's what we do in our time here on earth when we pursue pleasure instead of God. We pursue pleasure instead of God because we want a piece of heaven. We, we want to taste what God has for us at the end of our lives if we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. We want that now if this is our aim if this is our aim that's what we're trying to pursue we're trying to pursue or strive after heaven and there's a day coming when all the suffering will end there's a day coming when all the pain will cease there's a day coming when all the pleasure will be eternal for those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our savior but until then if our pursuit in life is just to please ourselves with whatever it is then we will live stunted, miserable, spiritual lives. And we will live lives where we will be frustrated at the end of this. I've been there. Some of you have too. Like we pursue whatever it is so much and we get to the end and we're unhappy with it, aren't we? We're discouraged with it, we're frustrated with it. And God has a better way for you and for me. God has a better plan for you and me. God has our best in mind, and it's not pursuing pleasure for pleasure's sake. We were created with a desire for pleasure. We were created to pursue God and find our pleasure in him. We'll get to that in a moment. We were were created that way. But when it's misguided, that's our problem. And it kind of begs the question, and it's point number two this morning. Do I have to choose between the pursuit of pleasure and the pursuit of God? Do I have to choose between the pursuit of pleasure and the pursuit of God? I'm not going to give you a yes or no answer to that question, by the way. But I want to give you two points that I think will lead you to that answer. First is this. Now, um, the pursuit of pleasure for pleasure's sake will result in emptiness. Um, King Solomon, who was King David's son, he built the temple for the Hebrew people. He wrote a a book, wrote several different books. One of them is called Ecclesiastes, where he asks a lot of questions and ponders a lot of things, and it's some might call it existential-like thought. It's, it's kind of like thought into thought into thought. But he's really trying to figure out what his pursuit of life is. And for Solomon, with all the riches in the world, listen, for him, all the riches in the world, um, pursuing pleasure was something that was easy for him. Some of you have that luxury. Some of you do not. But I want you to read Solomon's words and hear Solomon's words with what he says came at the end of pursuing pleasure. Listen to this, Solomon 2, we're going to read 1 through 11. I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure, enjoy yourself. But behold, this was also vanity. By the way, that word vanity there used in the ESV, English Standard Version, which is the one that I use most of the time, um, is a word that literally means um, uh, meaningless or filled with nothing. It's pretty stark, isn't it? Filled with nothing. Have you ever seen anything filled with nothing? I mean, that's like bad, right? (laughs) Filled with nothing, a vacuum, a void. But behold, this was also vanity. I said of laughter, it's mad. And of pleasure, what use is it? I search with my heart now to cheer my body with wine, my heart still guiding me with wisdom and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the first few days of their life. And here's when he really dives into it. He's mentioned a couple things so far, but here's what he pursued. Check this out. Uh, I, I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. We've already established he likes wine, and he's, now he's making it. Verse 5, I, I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kind of fruit trees, I made myself pools from which to water the forest of the growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I also had great possessions of herds and flocks. More than any who had been before me in Jerusalem, I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers. He liked entertainment, both men and women, and concubines. Even though it's mildly PG-13, I'm not going to describe what that is. Uh, The delights of the Son of Man... So I became great, I became great, and I surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. I want to stop for a second. You know what he says there? God gave me wisdom. It was the thing that he was known for, probably the most, Solomon. And he said, I got to pursue all these things, and I retained wisdom. What he's saying is, as I held on to my spiritual life and still pursued all these things. That's an interesting note, especially in mind with what? happens here in 10 and 11, and whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them, I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my my heart found pleasure in all my toil work, and that was my reward for all my toil, and then he says this in verse 11, then I considered all that my hands had done, and all the toil I had expended in doing it, and behold, all was vanity, worthless, filled with nothing, it was all a vacuum, and a striving after wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. This man who had it all, who pursued it all wine, entertainment, laughter he had the pursuit of pleasure as the focal point in his life, and he got to the end of his life and he said it was all a vacuum, it was meaningless. He even desired things that were good. How is gardening bad? <laughs> we're, we're doing a project in our house right now, and I'm tilling the front bed of, in front of our house right now. We've lived there for five years, and nothing has been planted there for five years. It was an old house and I'm afraid that the POA is going to send me one of those nasty grams, so we're pursuing this. So I got a tiller and began to till up this ground, which I hadn't done since I was 18. It's a lot different at 42. But anyway, I thought to myself as I'm teaching this, I'm I'm enjoying this other than my back. I'm enjoying this. How can this be bad? It's when we take what is good in life and make it the center of our life that it becomes bad because we put God down. Secondly, his dad, King David, says this, We can find true enjoyment when our goal is to please God. We can find true enjoyment when our goal is to please God. Take a look at this prayer that he prays. And by the way, Matthew Henry, his fantastic commentator and theologian, said that this was a prayer that David would pray over and over and over and over and over again. It was a daily prayer over and over again. He says this in Psalm 145, verses 1 through 3, towards the end of the psalms he says i will extol you my god and king and bless your name forever and ever every day i will bless you and praise your name forever and ever great is the lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable see david gives us the answer he praised god all day long you see when your life's pursuit when my life's pursuit is god Then we will find our satisfaction in him. Our pleasure then just becomes a byproduct of pursuing God. How do we find our pleasure in life from God rather than self-gratification? Take a look at point number three. John Piper, by the way, most of the details of what I, I am teaching on today comes from two books from John Piper Uh, One is called Desiring God. It was his first book. The other is called A Hunger for God. In his book called Desiring God, which he suggests that Christian hedonism is the way to go, pursuing Christ to find the pleasure in life. A lot of people disagree with that, but that's what he says. He says this, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. I love that. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And so how do we move from a place where we have pleasure and self-gratification on our pedestal to a place where we have God back on the pedestal? I believe that there are three things that we can do to push us towards that point of putting God on the pedestal instead of those things that please us first and foremost is die to what displeases God. Listen, I I just got to be honest with you. Um, For me in this area, sometimes it is just sin. It just is. It's like, you know what, I just want to take a bite out of this thing. And God created it for my pleasure, but I want to enjoy it more than him. And sometimes it's just flat out sin. Um, Paul speaks of this in Romans 6.1. He says, so you, you also must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God and Jesus Christ. The problem is, is I put the things of life on the pedestal and not God when I'm alive to sin and dead to him. And it's just sin. It just is what it is. You see the contrast there. He says that we're supposed to be dead to this and alive to him. He says this in Galatians five twenty four. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified. And those who belong to Jesus have been crucified the flesh, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Secondly, Secondly, first and foremost, we must rid ourselves of habitual lifestyle sin if that's what is on the pedestal of our lives. Secondly, it's that we live to glorify God. The same Paul was writing a a message to the church in Corinth, which was a church, by the way, that was full of this on the pedestal of their lives. So much so that this happened even within the walls of the church so many times over and over again. And Paul says this. In 1 Corinthians 10:13. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the what? Glory of God. The glory of God. That word glory there literally means to lift up, to give, uh, to give fame to. Isn't that amazing? To give fame to. And then finally, live to the glory of God. Finally. Be satisfied in God. Let, let me back up for a second. Live to glorify God. Listen, if the word glory means that which makes famous or, or lifts, lifts up or gives renown or honor to, there's your litmus test for whether or not what you're engaged in is sin or not, right? Like, I know that's the question. Well, wait a minute. I'm enjoying this, and God created it, and is it sin? Man, I, I get that struggle. If what you're engaged in is bringing him glory and bringing him fame, and it's, by the way, not sin, <laughs> then yeah, go for it, as long as he is the purpose of your glory. And, and that's what it means to live to glorify God and, and finally be satisfied in God. You see, once we have rejected willful sin in our lives, and sometimes that's the hardest part, sometimes for your pastor that's the hardest part, like getting rid of that. And once we learn to live, to glorify him, then we can truly be satisfied in him. Psalm 16.1 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there's fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I love that. See, God wants us to enjoy the things of life. He wants us to get out there on the beach and enjoy the day and enjoy this beautiful weather and get in my garden or my you know, front of my yard and till up stuff. And he wants you to enjoy the things of life, but he wants you to enjoy it through him. And you can't defile him. So what you enjoy has to be consistent with bringing him glory. If you find your satisfaction in him, then you will find true satisfaction in the things of life. John Piper, in his book, A Hunger for God, which was very meaningful to me a few years ago, he says this, If you don't feel a strong desire for the manifestation of the glory of God, it's not because you have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It's because you have nibbled so long at the table of the world and your soul is stuffed with the small things and there is no room for the great And so I want to leave you with one question, and then we're going to pray through these three things that we just talked about. And the question is this, am I pursuing satisfaction in meaningless pleasure, or am I pursuing satisfaction with God? Where are you on that scale? Are you pursuing satisfaction with the stuff of life, or are you pursuing satisfaction with Him alone? Would you pray? me this morning father god i thank you so much for your word that gives us the guide to life and holy spirit right now i pray that you would just convict us of sin god that you would search our hearts as david also mentions in psalm 51 and find if there's any wicked way within us and god i pray that you would help each one of us to pursue you, to hunger after you, to have a desire to please you. And God, I pray for those who are in here today or who are listening to the sound of my voice on a podcast. God, I pray that you right now would be with those who already call themselves Christ followers, who are really struggling. Maybe they're pursuing something in life or their focus is something in life, and they find themselves frustrated and empty, void. They find the result of everything they do is just a vacuum. It's just emptiness. And God, I pray right now in the strong name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would help them to flesh this out. God, that you would help them to have a hunger and a desire for you first and foremost. And God, as we've learned today, once we pursue you and once we find our satisfaction and our pleasure in you, then finding our satisfaction and pleasures in the world is is just a byproduct of that. God, help us to understand where we are. God, help us, if we're pursuing right now meaningless pleasure instead of you, to be convicted and challenged with that. Just here in the quietness of this room, I just want to ask you three questions. And after each question, I'm going to give you a few moments of silence just to talk to God. If you're a Christ follower here today, and right now, um, you're like, man, I'm frustrated with life. I keep pursuing all these things, and it just ends up in more frustration. God is definitely not on the pedestal. Sex is. Alcohol is. Pursuit of just gratifying myself is, my work is, other people are, riches, glory, fame, acclaim. If you're here today and those things are taking God's place in the pedestal of your life, I want to ask you three questions. I just want you to talk to God that's just strictly between you and God. Just a private moment here. First of all, have I died to what displeases God? Have I truly died to that thing in my life that I know is sin and I keep walking in it? Have I died to what displeases God? I just want to give you a moment to talk to him about that. And then secondly, I want to ask you the question, Be honest, be real with Him. Am I living my life to glorify Him? Am I filtering everything that I do and everything that I say through the grid, does this glorify Lastly, that third question, do I find myself being satisfied in God? If the answer is no, just admit that weakness to him. Just tell him what that means. Just confess that and ask him for the courage and the strength to pursue him for your pleasure. God, right now, I pray that you would be with those who just made some of these confessions to you. God, I pray that this is a new day. I pray that every day is a new day. God, those are three questions that we could easily use as a daily way to make sure that our lives are not being filled with the satisfaction of other things than you. God, I pray that we who are Christ followers would pursue you for our pleasure in life. be completely remiss today if I let these next few moments go by without asking for some of you who may have walked in here today um, who don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. The story of the gospel is everything we've been talking about today. That God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so that you and I could be freed of the consequences of our sin, which the Bible says is death and that we can have eternity in heaven with Him one day when we die, if we will put our trust in Him. And so if you're here today, maybe somebody brought you, maybe you were talked into this, you had no idea what to expect. If you're here today with every head bowed and every eye closed, and you would say, hey, Todd, I want to accept Jesus as my Savior. I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer quietly to God. And then when I'm done, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to call you out or bring you down front or embarrass you in any way. I just want to know so I can pray for you. Father, thank you for loving me. And thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. Today, I put my faith, my belief, my trust in you. Help me to live for you. If you're here today and you prayed that prayer silently to God with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand way up high so I can pray for you for a moment. Just raise your hand for a moment. Anyone in, in this room, keep it up. Awesome. Awesome. Anyone else this morning, you can keep your hand up. Anyone else this morning, pray that prayer. Father, I thank you for those who have their hands up, God. I thank you for those who today... They bought into their eternal life with you in heaven. Oh, we praise you for that. And your the word says your angels are singing right now because of that. God, I pray that you would help each one of us to have as our story of our lives the pursuit of you rather than the pursuit of this world. God, may we get to the end of our lives and say, yeah, my story was pursuing Jesus. We pray this in your name.